Hello everyone, welcome to our Wellness Transformation Podcast. My name is Mariana Carroll from MCC. Thank you for joining us again today as we continue our transformation journey towards our own well-being and the wellness of our teams. Today, we're excited to bring you a powerful discussion on building a culture of attention management. Also, just again, a quick reminder to scroll down to the description section of the podcast to find the show notes for today's episode. Now, before we go into today's session, as always, let's all take a deep breath in and now out. Currently, we are combating an unprecedented number of competing priorities and distractions within the workforce. Childcare, elder care and social media are just a few obligations and choices that employees squeeze into their workdays. Whether trying to concentrate on a task at work, block out the distractions of the modern world, or even just sit and stay committed to our long-term goals, attention has become a wild, seemingly untainable beast. Employees are simply overwhelmed. They are present on the job, but are distracted and disengaged. Research has shown that people who can focus for sustained periods of time regularly perform better on all sorts of cognitive challenges. Whereas constantly giving in to distraction decreases creativity and leads to poor decision making. So with all of that being said, it is my privilege to welcome back Nicole Ramji, the owner and founder of HR Synthesis, to help us understand what presenteeism is, how we can keep our focus and how our organizations can build a culture of attention management. Here is Nicole. Hello, Mariana and our listeners. Thank you so much for that introduction. Presenteeism is the lost productivity that occurs when employees are not fully functioning in the workplace, either due to distractions as well as illness and injury. So even though the employee may be physically at work, they may not be able to fully perform their duties because they are preoccupied with other things. This is not a new concept to the workplace but it has been exacerbated by this always-on and digitally connected ways of working. Thanks, Nicole. So can you take us through some practices to help individuals focus and also what organizations can do to build a culture of attention management? Okay, so firstly, I think we, we probably place a greater emphasis on time management as opposed to attention management. So what is attention management? Attention management is the practice of controlling distractions, being present at the moment, finding flow and maximizing focus so that you can unleash your genius. It's about being intentional instead of reactive. It is the ability to recognize that your attention is being stolen or has the potential to be stolen and to instead keep it focused on the activities you choose. So rather than allowing distractions to derail you, you choose where to direct your attention and energy at any given moment based on an understanding of your priorities and goals. Now, Daniel Goldman, 
um, who wrote uh, you know, many books, uh, one of them being Focus, The Hidden Power of Excellence, speaks about two main sources of distraction in our lives. The one being sensory distractions. So everything around you, noises, you know, things that you see uh, that cause distract uh, distractions. And emotional distractions, that's your inner dialogue, your thoughts that about what's happening. You know, you've got bills to pay, you're worried about your children or your health. So to rebuild our attention, we need to learn how to focus and we need to make adjustments to both sensory and emotional distractions. So here are five ways that we can actually become more focused. So one is to control your use of technology. So instead of technology, um, you know, driving you and distracting you, we have these smartphones that constantly grab our attention. We need to make sure that technology is serving us. We need to manage our devices in such a way that we don't have all of these alerts that distract our attention constantly. Secondly, we need to have a focus-friendly environment. So this means speaking to, you know, clearing out any clutter, keeping a clean desk, because clutter competes with our attention and decreases performance while increasing stress. Another way to do this is also to avoid noises around you by using uh, headphones or listening to some light music that will actually increase your productivity. The third point is that we are under this misconception that we have the ability to multitask, but the brain is simply not wired to multitask. When we try to do more than one thing at a time, we're really just switching back and forth between different tasks. This is not very efficient and ends up ruining our productivity and makes us even more stressed. So we need to rather focus on a single task at a time because that helps us build focus and lowers our stress and can even make us more creative. Then the fourth item would be clearly managing expectations around communication. Many people keep their email open all day long and I have to say I'm guilty of this too. So therefore we are constantly attending to emails whilst doing our work at the same time. We are on calls online and we're still attending to emails. So we are not really present in the moment when we are you know, doing one particular task. And even when we're not receiving emails, it is found that the average knowledge worker, so people like you and me, check emails every six minutes of the day. So we've got this constant distraction. So to rebuild focus, you need to have open conversations with your colleagues, your manager, and try to understand what is expected of you in terms of turnaround times when it comes to communication. To, you know, look at emails and social media first thing in the morning can be quite a distraction and derail your positive energy and derail your agenda for the rest of the day. So pick specific times to do these things so that you can uh, manage your communication clearly um, and not seem as if you are uh, delaying with your communication and delaying in your response to those you're working with. And then lastly, take more breaks away from your computer. Simply scrolling on Facebook or checking emails or you know, getting onto social media is not taking a break. Taking a real break means 
getting up from your desk, walking away from a computer, standing up, doing some stretches, maybe taking a walk in the garden. These are real breaks that can help you, you know, reset your mind and keep you uh, focused and even bring through free form thinking that allows your brain to recharge. So you've mentioned what can be done to build a culture of attention management in the organization. So I think firstly, leaders need to recognize the signs of distraction, burnout, fatigue, and illness, and the impact that it's having on employees' mental, physical, and emotional well-being. So employees get sick, we know this, but it's how the employer handles it that is what matters. So if you have a culture that um, employees feel that their jobs are threatened if they're not always physically at work and they're not always online. That means when they are sick and when they're on leave and they should be resting and recuperating, they are so scared that they need to be online. You have the situation of presenteeism. They're there, but they're not physically there, but they're not mentally and emotionally there because they are distracted by either not feeling well or everything else that's going on around them. So if you have a culture that really ensures people take time off to recuperate when they're sick and take time off for uh, an annual leave break, um, then when they do come back, they will be fully recharged and bring the you know, A game in terms of productivity and performance. Then secondly, organizations need to consider if their policies are flexible, to how leave and absence is managed. And this is something that you need to review and understand whether people are really given the time that they need a way to deal with whatever absence is required. And that's going back to your, your, your leave policies. Then it's important to be aware of the causes of distractions, the causes of um, people not being able to be present and pay attention. The high workload demands can cause employers to avoid taking time off when they need it because they're worried about deadlines and overburdening their coworkers in their absence. So the way in which line managers manage the workloads and allocate workload to employees becomes very important because they can help reduce the stress that people are experiencing by better planning and managing and communicating that in, in a better way. So it's crucial that managers are aware um, of organizational and structural causes um, that you know, end up resulting in work-related stress and ill health. The next item is recognizing the symptoms. So employees with health problems, especially mental health-related ones, often feel unable to disclose them in the workplace. And managers are really trained to support them effectively if they, they do reveal that they are suffering with some kind of mental health illness. It's vital that managers are educated to notice these signs um, associated with employees experiencing high levels of stress or burnout, and that they feel equipped to have open and supportive conversations uh, with them about their health. So workplace training and awareness really is imperative so that managers can help support their employees and overall help reduce the stigma associated um, with mental illness. 
And then lastly is to examine the company's well-being program. So with the you have an existing well-being program, I think these times have really shown us that we need to go back to the drawing board and evaluate whether these programs are effective. So we need a strategic policy that takes account of social, physical, mental and financial stresses and make sure that we offer appropriate support because this will go a long way in reducing the impact of presenteeism. So programs promoting exercise, counseling, financial management can prevent illness and reduce the impact of long-term conditions. So I think overall, the employees really, the onus is on them to take a human-centric approach to how they look at their, their workplace policies, their structures, and really put the, the employee at the center of everything that they do and create an employee experience that allows um, their people to make sure they're taking the adequate breaks that they require when they're either sick or within, whether they need to rest and uh, relax. And they need to be quite intentional and deliberate about it because you can have policies, but if you don't drive a culture where we are really concerned about people's well-being, this will be placed on the back burner. So when your workforce is present emotionally and physically, productivity can also soar and produce great results. So it makes business sense to take care of your employees, to create training programs that you know, drive awareness around how to recognize when an employee is burning out or is suffering a situation of presenteeism, but they don't know how to address it. And it's the onus rests on management to support employees in this way. Wow, Nicole, I think this is such an important topic. I love your practical advice on how to stay focused by taking control over the technology we use. Thinking about avoiding noise and distractions by cultivating a focus-friendly environment, eliminating so-called multitasking, ensuring open, clear and constructive communication, and taking some needed breaks away from our laptops. As Nicole said, it is all about being intentional in prioritizing what we focus on. It's not only about time management, but attention management. And from an organizational perspective, it is important for leadership and management to identify distractions, burnout, fatigue, illness, and the impact it is having on the employee's mental, physical, and emotional well-being. And then to build a culture and style to support employees to prioritize and focus on producing the best possible results at work. Holistic employee well-being is needed to build thriving teams and organizations. So before we end this podcast, perhaps any last thoughts from you, Nicole? Thank you, Mariana. So employees have become accustomed to working even when they're not well. In addition, we are constantly forced um, to have our attention stolen with the sensory and emotional distractions that we faced with. And these behavioral patterns impact our productivity, creativity, diminish our sense of achievement and impede our well-being. It ultimately erodes our quality of life. 
So we need to put in place boundaries to ensure we have time to practice self-care, manage distractions and understand our energy in order to work in flow. Organizations need to be more alert to presenteeism and adapt their leadership style, revise policies and practices, set clear and realistic goals whilst offering support and providing holistic employee wellbeing programs. Thank you so much, Nicole. I believe this discussion has spoken to a number of points that we need to consider when it comes to effective attention management, to be present and productive in all we do. Podcast listeners, remember to find the show notes for today's episode and look out for our next conversation. As we always say, together we grow. In partnership, we can reinforce integrated and sustainable solutions that enhance long-term performance, productivity and optimal engagement while maintaining those all-important balanced lifestyles. Thank you for being part of our wellness transformation journey to each one listening. Reach out and connect with us. Let's make well-being real in our own lives and let us go out and be the change in the lives of others.